Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, listeners. This is Rick Witted, host of the podcast show On Your Way to Work. And today I have on the line with me, Richard Cruz. How you doing, Richard? Very good. Thank you good. for inviting me, Rick. I appreciate speaking with you. Absolutely. So Richard and I have a lot of history. We've been friends for quite a while. The better part of 10 years, I would, I would think. Maybe more, Richard. Uh, and uh, Richard and I uh, met when I lived in South Florida many years ago, and uh, I was a business owner. Actually, I was a banker first, and he was a business owner, and uh, we connected and, and became friends, and eventually we were both entrepreneurs for a while. And uh, so I love Richard's story because um, he comes from the uh, background of having owned a business uh, came out of corporate America to run a business successfully, a business that had multiple locations, sold that business, went into corporate America, came back out, started another business, uh, which was booming, was very successful. Years later, had to close that business down, re-entered corporate America. And so what I wanted to just share with the listeners was the learnings uh, about um, entering corporate America. And Richard and I have talked over the years. So, uh, Richard, I'd love just to kind of share with the listeners a little bit about, you know, what have been the biggest learnings what have been maybe the biggest challenges as you think about re-entering the workforce? Sure. Again, thanks uh, for having me on your show. But uh, it, it is a great uh, question that you asked, Rick, because I, I remember trying to get back into the corporate world, finding ways that I could be a great fit in identifying what area I wanted to get back into, just identifying the right company that had the same values that I wanted to portray going forward. Uh, and in the same time, going through that process, interviewing with many people, when you come from the corporate, from the business, uh, side or sector, corporate world may not see you with a great eye, seeing that you might be not the right fit because perhaps they think that you may have additional um, ideas or knowledge that maybe the interviewer may not want to see that. So two things, two things, plain and simple. A, finding that corporate culture that you're looking for, and the process added is trying to, you've been interviewed to get this job, but you got to make sure that you clear to let them know the reason why you want to get back into the corporate world. And interview, don't be afraid in that interview process to interview the person that's interviewing you. Mm. So this is interesting. I heard a couple things there, Richard, and I'd love to dissect those if you don't mind. So one of the things that I heard um, you say trying to identify 
is it the right culture? And, you know, and I've had guests on the show in the past, and that seems to not be an easy thing to 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 do necessarily, particularly through an interview. Or have you found something that allowed you to identify easily whether this company or this it has the is the right fit for you, whether the culture is the right fit for you? Right. And for me, I sit down with my family beforehand when I start interviewing and finding out what are the things that are fit with me. And at this point in time, it was family. It's just something. Is this company that I'm interviewing is friendly towards family, taking the time off and, and being able to understand that you have a family outside of the work environment. And two is not being afraid to let them know that compensation for me is a motivating factor. Okay. So I know that sometimes we don't want to go in letting them know, hey, what is the compensation? What is the total compensation package? But those are things that if they are important to you, you may have to ask. And third is what is the progress as far as career uh, expansion within the organization? How can I grow with that organization? What is my next step moving up if that's the path that I want to take? Gotcha, gotcha. So there's three things that sounds like you focused on. One, family, right? How right. how will this company work with my family schedule? So if I'm if I guess that right, that's I'm assuming right. you're talking about traveling, right? Is there a lot of travel involved? Is there weekends involved? Is there what's the vacation looks like? It, it seems like you know, good question to ask, but to your point, it's almost like you'd have to do that dance. When is the when is the right time to ask that question? Because you don't want to go in going, oh, hey, when are we going to have vacation? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's my vacation package look like? Right. That's that's kind of not going to make me want to hire you. So I- any thoughts to, to the listeners of how do you how do you how do you how do you have that conversation around if schedule and family friendliness is important to you? How, how have you had that conversation? The key word that I use after they've been interviewing and they have taken my brain for quite some time, I just immediately ask them, what are the benefits on your company? And in there, it forces them somehow to explain to me what is the schedule, what are the benefits as far as health insurance, right. and then we go and elaborate the time off and whatnot. I think that's a great way to ask that question. So listeners, I, I'd be writing that one down. Uh, somewhere in the interview, and I think Richard made a very key statement, that's not your first conversation or your first question. And uh, Richard, I, I, it sounds like you, as you've gone through the interview process through the years, you, you've had more than one interview. I, just quick question on that. What's kind of been your longest interview process? How, what was the most people you had to sit with in the longest span of time between your interviewing? I will say one company, I went to probably five different interviews. And the last one among that company, remember having a panel interview, which was probably around five key managers or different areas. For example, HR, the planning manager, VP of sales. CEO involved because it was a, a medium-sized company, and uh, remember two others, but I can remember their titles on this time. But it was from beginning to end; those five interviews were close to three months. And towards the end, I remember going even golfing. They were testing me in the golf course to find out <laughs> if I can handle the stress or not. But and they flew me out of 
States to to complete that, and that's when formally they they offer me the the position at the time. Wow, wow. So so that's that's a long process. I think that's the record for me. Three months of of interviewing. So so and I just wanted to know that. And, and I say that, listeners, just to frame up. Right uh, back to uh, Richard's point is, you know, you don't go in on the front end asking some of those specific questions like benefits. But there is a point, there is a point within the interview process where you, you, you're, you're one of the finalists and they clearly like you and, and you're liking or learning something about them that you're liking because you've gone back to the fourth, fourth interview or fifth interview in this case. And those are the times where you get those questions. And so now your second point, you talked about compensation. How do you dance around that? How do you get that question out during during an interview process? I try to be blunt up front because when I get the call, let's say there's a recruiter, I they immediately like to ask me, what is my current compensation? And sometimes I struggle with that because I don't know if I'm selling myself too short or the other way. So what I immediately respond when somebody, recruiter, asks me, what is my compensation? I immediately bounce back and ask them, what is the salary range for that position? Ah, do you get, do you usually get a forthright answer? Sometimes they will tell me up front and sometimes they say, well, we're asking you the question first and I like to refrain at this time. Uh, I, I let them know that I'd rather not discuss that at this time. It's kind of early in the process since I don't want to be disqualified in this interview process, but I'll be more than happy to provide any documentation down the road if that is needed. Interesting. What made you answer that way? Because I don't know what the actual position is seeing since I've been getting the call. I have not been prepped. I know that I have an idea because I'm looking for the company culture but I don't know the specific compensation. So for me, it is important. Like we've mentioned about the family time that I like to spend outside of work. For me, the second most important will be the compensation. I got and you. I just want to make sure that I'm up front because if I know that it's an entry-level position, I'd rather not waste the recruiter's time to go any further. And I don't want to sound arrogant in any way, but I just know that I like to stay within the salary range so I can make sure that I don't get tired after six months or a year and then move and look for another job. Right, right. So now I know I know listeners are probably going, yes, that's 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 the that's the conversation I wanna have. My question to you, Richard, is how do you have that conversation without sounding arrogant? Because yeah, I mean if I heard that and it's your first interview with me, I, I might be thinking, hmm <laughs> I don't know. What are are you just in it for the money? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's one person's point of view. But how do you have that kind of conversation? Again, it, it's different in in every situation. And, and the reason I can sound like this is because perhaps I'm already employed. Right. right so when right. I'm employed, <laughs> you feel more comfortable and confident as far as going forward with any kind of interview because you know where you're at and where you need to be at. Right. Now, when you are unemployed and then your emotions kick in and then everything, your mind just wanders a different way and then perhaps you start sounding, telling yourself short. And it's, again, once again, I want to tell your audience that it's not being arrogant. It's just that I want to make sure that 
is something that I really would like to pursue long term. And the reason I always tell them, listen, I'm, I'm asking this question is because I want to make sure that I'm going to have a long term relationship with your company. I'm not here to just stay for six months a year. I'm booking long term. Right. And for whatever reason, they opened up and they immediately respond by saying, we do understand. We appreciate your sincerity. Yeah. So and then it, you move on to the next one. Th- that, this this is interesting. Um, so you said I mean, you gave a bucket full of truth that I want to just camp at for a minute. Um, you said so basically, here's the truth, right? You, you you never make good decisions when you're making urgent decisions, <laughs> right? And if you're unemployed, that's pretty urgent, right? And sounds like, you know, behind what you said, the truth is if you want to make a right employment decision, have a plan, right? And, you know, don't, you know, don't jump off the ship you're on and then go and frantically do this interviews to find another ship to jump on you're saying have a plan make sure you stay employed uh and then uh, spend some time re- researching and asking the right questions at other companies did i i don't know if i framed that up correctly absolutely let's get back to this concept of of culture so you've re-entered corporate america now when you were a business owner the culture was you, right? It was the shadow of the leader, right? The company went as you went. Um, so take a listener of mine who may have been in, in the world of entrepreneurship for years, um, own their own business, or you know maybe they're just independent contractor, et cetera, that now have an opportunity to enter back into um, uh, a workplace setting where they're no longer the, you know, the leader of the place. Were there any things that you found difficult as the owner um, now being uh, a worker uh, as you entered the workplace? Any challenges that you find that maybe we could help others in this same situation? Absolutely. <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is that you no longer call in the shot uh-huh. and you've got to adapt quick into whatever the organization believes uh, and just focus. Always think about what your role is, a new role in that company. Are you going to be management? Are you going to be sales? Are you going to be admin? Just forget about wearing all those hats because that's what you're accustomed to from owning your own business. You wear all those hats. But when you go to the corporate world, just focus in that one job that you were hired to do and just put everything aside. Wow, that, oh man, you just gave a mouthful. So can I, I break those down, adapting quickly into what the organization believes. Can can you talk a little bit more about that? So for look past my voice and just really talk to that person who, you know, maybe as they've they've gone through this financial crisis over the last several years and their business took a beating and, and they, they folded it up and they reentered the world and they put the workplace suit back on, you know, talk to them about adapting uh, into what the organization believes. In my experience was easier and maybe somebody that have recently graduated and they decide to open their own business and perhaps they didn't have any corporate culture background. The reason I'm saying it was easier for me because 
before I had my own business, I was in the corporate world for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So I had a taste of that before. And when I decided to come back, I had to just take some time off, reprogram myself, and say, listen, I am no longer the captain of the ship. I got to just put this thinking cap aside and just focus as far as learning uh, the orientation process, what the company does, reading a little bit about the company, the industry itself, the corporate in, corporate world industry itself, coming back to it, what are they like, and embracing what is the vision of that company. Mm. You have to show that you spend time on that. And most importantly, one of those shows that you said, just ask for people, your peers, and your bosses and managers that are, have been in the organization for a long uh, time uh, with that organization, meaning five, ten years or whatnot. And the reason for that, because that will give you a good feel as far as what they believe and what they're embracing. And just look at those successful people they are measuring those different areas and departments. That will be a great indicator for you to be able to adjust. So it is interesting, you know, having worn the hat where that was all your responsibility to now have to step back. So that leads to the second the the second uh, piece of advice you gave, which is focus in on your role specifically and hang up all the multiple hats that you're used to used to wearing. I, explain that a little bit. Well, as you know, being a self-employed of a small business, you are in charge of everything in the organization from uh, the product purchasing, from managing people if you get to that level, uh, production, sales, marketing, everything you start thinking because eventually you, you want to make sure that you hire somebody for those departments. But sometimes people don't go that level. And now with technology nowadays, you're able to run the entire corporation uh, as a single individual. So w- with that said, you got to stick to what you're hired for, the specific goal. Right. You know, I could see a scenario coming out of that, you know, and, and you know, question to you, you know, how would you handle seeing something that could be done much more efficiently? Now, that's the way the company does it. And, you know, you're looking at it going, unbelievable. This is this is very inefficient. We could do it better if we just did this. So in that kind of scenario, what would be the right, right way to approach that with the, with the business owner or the manager? Is there a right way? Do you not approach it? Do you approach it? You would. I mean, I, I think that when you come into the corporate world with that knowledge, you want to share as much as you can. Now, just always think that it's a suggestion that you're making to that manager on that corporate world. And if they say no, for whatever reason, you cannot be discouraged. Because I, I think that people come from the uh, owning their own business thinking that they know everything and they can do better things. And, and to a degree, yes. But at the same time, just share the idea as a suggestion and just let them embrace it or not. And then if not, you just move to something else. But always bring those ideas because some of these managers on these corporate uh, organizations they can see that as a value or a threat. Right. It depends how they see it. So you just do your, yourself a favor to present the idea, and hopefully down the road that manager will recognize it, that you're full with the ideas, and they can assign you to a different project, maybe a promotion in, in front or ahead. It could be many ways, but just don't be quiet about it. I'm, I'm always thinking just make sure that you share it, 
tastefully and don't get discouraged if they say no. Gotcha. Gotcha. Really, really, really helpful. Let me ask another question, Richard. One of the challenges that I see uh, and hear from listeners um, and and people who write in quite a bit is, you know, I, I there's this job I want. I know it's a job that I can do, a job that I can perform in, but my background doesn't, you know, quote unquote, match up to what they're looking for. Um, and you may have been in this scenario yourself before where you've got a set of skills that uh, could allow you to lead um, in a particular job within an organization, but that organization is looking for something else. Uh, you know, through your years, has that been something common that you've seen? And if so, how have you been able to handle it? I'm glad you asked that, Rick, because being self-employed, I have my hat, and I think that I know everything when I go back into the corporate world. <laughs> so I challenges I, I see that when you the interview, they're going to start pinpointing at specific skills that you have. And the reason why is because maybe you have not spent the time to put your resume together for that specific job. I see many of my friends using the same resume for different fields of job. And I think they should take the time to just make sure that they can customize that resume for that specific job because you want to make sure that those skills are similar to what they're looking for. And I cannot tell you I have recruiters and managers interviewing me trying to get back to my previous, that perhaps my previous experience that may not have anything to do with this new job. And that's when I try to just make sure that I can stress to them and let them know, listen, you're looking at this in the resume, but I want to make sure that you understand that I have these skills. And explain, and, and as they are asking, it's because they're having concerns and questions. And make sure that in the interview, you don't rush through the answer. Make sure that you pause and take the time to just clear their mind as far as that, yes, you're the right candidate for that position. Because at this specific job in the past, I was able to do that specific skill that you're asking for. Right. So you're, you're speaking more directly to the skill set. Um, than you are to the training. So maybe the job is, hey, I, I, here's the job to do X, Y, Z. Um, and in your resume, it doesn't show that you've done the job X, Y, Z. But what you're saying is, but what you can communicate is, listen, when I did this other job, let's call it ABC, while doing ABC, I was able to do the following skills that are required in X, Y, Z and being able to explain that. I don't know if that was confusing at all or not to my listeners, <laughs> but did that make sense? I hope it's not, <laughs> but I understood it clearly. And, and again, I, I, I cannot emphasize because that's the reason you only have maybe five minutes to 10 minutes to engage that recruiter. And it's up to you to make sure that that interview lasts an hour, hour and a half, whatever the time is. Uh, and you got to make sure that you can take the time and, and answer the right questions and be prepared on the interview. Uh, interview, just make sure that you learn your resume. If you have somebody, a professional person to do your resume or somebody else to do that resume, make sure that you take the time to review it, all the single areas on your resume so you know what you're talking about when you walk into that room. 
Right. So it's interesting, and it's and I can't believe we're at at our time limit already. I'm gonna have to get you back on the show, Richard, and we're gonna have to talk a little bit more. But as we Anytime. as we discuss this dynamic of entering and or re-entering uh, the workforce, uh, particularly if you're coming out of the entrepreneurial environment, we've spent a lot of time and you've given a lot of focus to actually getting the job. And, and, and that makes sense because that's the most important piece. Right. If you don't get the job, you don't you don't have the job. You don't have a job. Uh, and so I think there's just some really key things that you talked about um, in terms of preparing, making sure your resume is customized to the job you're looking for, making sure you're speaking directly to um, the the things that you value, um, whether that's family, compensation, whatever it is, uh, being honest and upfront, but but not doing that in a way that seems cocky or arrogant or, you know, know it all. You know, I think those are some very important things that we all can learn from. And then, and then, you know, once on the job, particularly speaking to those entrepreneurs reentering the workforce, adapt quickly to what the organization believes. Show that you will drink the Kool-Aid and uh, you can call that what you want to call it. But if you're not drinking what they're making, you're not going to be there long anyway. So. And then second, I have drank a lot of Kool-Aid myself. <laughs> hey, hey, you made a lot of Kool-Aid through the years as well, right? And uh, and then focus on your role. You know, lay lay the hats, all the hats you're used to wearing. Even if you see something that could be done better, you know, make a suggestion in a very non-threatening, you know, team-oriented, I want to help way. Uh, but respect the decision of the leader to to run with that or not. Um, so. Man, we've gone through a lot. I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. And, and again, we got to get you back on because I'd love to talk more about when you're actually in that world. You know, how do you create success? So we'll have to do that another time. Richard, good to talk to you again, man. And uh, uh, when I get back down to South Florida, we'll have to connect. Please do call me anytime. It's been my pleasure. And hopefully next time we we'll can talk some more and pick it up from here. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, buddy. You have a good day. Thank you. All right. Listeners, you have been listening to On Your Way to Work. Hopefully you have gotten some good tips. Tell me what you want to hear. Uh, Tell me what you like. Go to uh, facebook.com forward slash R.A. Witted. You can reach me on Twitter. My handle is at R.A. Witted or go to my website, rawitted.com. There's information there on the podcast and a whole bunch of other things. Till next week, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.